welcome John back to another episode of of the runner with this time the sprint episode um we've spoken a lot in the previous episode about coaching and everything like that but one thing I wanted to know was um which exercise or training exercise do you think gives you the most bang for your buck from our interior if you just set one for a training camp or or people training at home um head to head possibly gaffled 45 kilometer course in technical terrain Nice. I didn't uh, think you said 45. 45 kilometers. Okay. I'm not, no, I'm not a Norwegian. <laughs> and and why do you think that 45 one? 45 kilometers, yeah, well, like 45, technical, yeah. like gaffled head to head. Yeah. I think you'd just, <laughs> you, you wouldn't be able to walk after that. <laughs> I, th- I think that sort of length of course, you can, you can focus on it quite intensively. The head to head and the gaffled bit adds attention to other people around you even better if they're people that you're extremely competitive with or or even another say another people you don't know another another foreign team or something it just adds an intensity to the training that that, that's 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 really 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 high high quality Mm. don't do it too often though it it, it is probably as intensive as a race so it's a thing you, you do maybe twice in a week of a training camp and not every single day. No, it's out in, in about two days. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then is that something that you used in your career quite a lot? Because we didn't speak too much about your career, but obviously silver medal in the World Champs Relay um, back in the States in 93? Was it 93? Yes, a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> um, probably was similar stuff to that that I was doing across in Sweden when I was across there training with, with, um, with, with the two guys in, in tier relatively short courses. And quite often we'd, we'd actually play it as match play. So we, we, we set off each leg and we'd meet at each control. So I won that one. Okay. Then you go next one. And then it's, Oh, you won that one and so on. And at the end of the day, you, you, you know, we'd have a course with 15 controls and we, we'd have a score. Um, all fairly light-hearted, but it, it added a little edge to it. Mm. Yeah, Who's buying the beers in the club hut. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's interesting, reading lots of articles by top Scandinavians, almost all of them said that their favourite course was a five, four or five, four or five kilometre control pick, which oh, is right. interesting. pretty much what I'm, what I'm describing. Yeah. Because it's the, right, it's the right length, you can do it intensively, Got lots of controls, so a lot of really high quality orienteering. Um, not necessarily what you, you you need more than that, but it was the one that they enjoyed the most. And that, I suppose, is any longer, and you'll just be burning out a bit. Yeah, you can probably do a couple of you know, even at the top level, you're probably struggling to do more than ten or twelve k a day in terrain at, at, at a reasonable intensity. Mm. So if you're doing sort of two two times to five kilometers that's a lot of good training in a day yeah. if you shove it up to two times eight kilometers well you're doing you're doing classic race every day mm. and yeah. you just grind yourself down mm, absolutely um and uh what i guess away from the training side more onto onto you as a coach again what's your biggest pet peeve as a as a coach i Why guess it, when... people have their compasses around their um around their necks that's well, around the neck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. Garrot yourself on yeah. a tree. 
no i i will i will physically go uh, over to any I, junior I, 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 I don't even need to know them and i'm going to take that compass off their neck nope you're not allowed to have it there yeah. round your wrist yeah. thank you very much goodbye yeah. i'm catherine nice to meet you I'd, I'd like to think that most of the scottish juniors have already learned that lesson at their club level <laughs> but um Possibly, if I'm at the start of a race, it would be the coach or the parent, possibly a parent, but a coach who's there just with, an, with a youngster, just telling them, do this, do that, do the other, don't do this, remember that, remember last weekend you did this, you mustn't do that, you must do this. And you're thinking, hold on, you've told the kid about seven or eight things. They'll remember one or two of those at most. Mm. And they'll be running off thinking, oh, what have I got to remember? So keep it keep it short, keep it sweet. Um, and you know, don't try to overload a, a youngster. Right. I think that's a good, I have a question, which is, um, I want to go back to your international career and looking back from maybe, say like 93, when you, when that silver and, and then comparing it to what orienteering is like now, what do you think has changed for the better? And what do you think an orienteering has changed for the worse? Changing from the better is the um, the ability to follow the races online, the, the, the television coverage, um, you know, basically all the media coverage. We can be very critical about what there is and there isn't at World Champs now, but it's a whole magnitude or two magnitudes better than it was then. Um, then you had to wait a couple of weeks before the, 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 the split times were manually written down. And then you got this great tome of A4 sheets of paper with hundreds or thousands of split times on it. Um, now you just press a button and it's there. Things for the worse, the, uh, the World Champs relay going from four to three and then down to what's fairly close to Forest Sprint. Looking back at 93, it was a 50 to 60 minute winning time with four, four, four legs. So it was pretty much a, four, a you know, three and a half hour race, which is a very different thing to an hour and a half now. Yeah. And in a way it allows people to make mistakes and then teams to come back. Nowadays, if you are two minutes off the leader on the first leg, you're going to be really struggling to get back into the, in, in, into the pack. It's just such, such high intensity. Um, some of that is just the number of people running at a, at a higher level now, so it's always going to be harder. But I, in a way, I think that was a, that was a, a, a retrograde step. I can see why it was. They want to get the race over and done with in a, a more suitable for TV, suitable for media window. But I don't think it was a it was a it was a positive step. Yeah, interesting. I've never really thought about that before, having only worked with it being a three person. And I think the relay is, you know, it seems to have its own characteristics and almost every race they want to try and emulate those same characteristics rather than try and break the mould and, and change it up and do something different. They're always, yeah. a relay race is always going to be kind of the same, like maybe slightly more runnable terrain and lots of controls fast and and certain you know the gaffles are always going to be kind of in the same place and it, it it's quite it feels it does even for me feel quite formulaic about how how the relays yeah. are planned yeah. yeah i mean i guess they were they were probably similar a different formula but again formulaic back in back in those days and it was 
four times 50, I think it was 55 minute legs for the men. So four times 55 minutes, which in a way is, you know, four times moderately long, long distance races. Yeah, whereas these are all definitely middle distance races, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're not they're not long distance at all. It's a middle distance relay and the courses are have middle distance characteristics to them as well. Yes, yeah. I mean even worse than the JK. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it's good in that it's opened it up because you've got three in a team rather than four, it opens it up to far more nations. If you're looking for four four runners, it's suddenly you know the, the drop off to the fourth gets more severe in a lot of nations. And so in a way you've made it uh, a more open race. It's not stacked quite so heavily in favor of the really strong countries. So I was expecting you to say mapping and that the maps, the maps are the best, big, uh, the best improvement, but. Well, they are when you've got LIDAR base. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not seeing a lot of that in Scotland. Um, certainly in north of Scotland, it's only really the coastline and, and some of the major river valleys that have been flowing with LIDAR. Mm. And so I'm still spending a lot of my time working on first principles, cursing the fact that the LIDAR stops a kilometre over that way. <laughs> Is it going to be there anytime soon? Have they got plans to fly over there? It will happen, just a question of when. Yeah. And I'm guessing that at, at present... Scotland is a, it, there's a lot of Scotland to be flown and it'll cost an awful lot of money. And at present, there's, a, there's other, other priorities that, <laughs> that, are, that are grabbing the cash before flying, flying LIDAR for, for a lot of Scotland. And to be fair, an awful lot of it would not have a huge amount of use. You know, when you're in agricultural land, there's all sorts of use, uses for measuring things and analysing quality of... Of, um, of, of trees and, and, and growth and so on. In fact, I think you know, there's more and more use of LIDAR for, across all sorts of range of, of, of the fields. But, but nobody is taking into account orienteering's needs for LIDAR. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're at the bottom yeah. of the pile. I mean, Colin Matheson did a great job in getting um, Event Scotland funding for things like the World Champs and for some of the, some of the six-day races in 2019 and so on. We've got LIDAR specially flown. But you're talking 10, 20,000 pounds for a, for a decent sized area. Mm. You know, and your survey costs are probably a third or a quarter of that. Yeah. So it's pretty hard to justify. No. Um, and I think one final question to, to wrap us up on this one. Um, now that we're, I, maybe we're moving out of the pandemic, don't know. Autumn is yet to hit us. But uh, where where is a an, an O location where you'd like to, head to now that we're kind of allowed to start moving towards traveling again um north of finland or north of norway I, i've been to both and, and it's just fantastic um in terms of places i've never been to i i'd, I'd love to go to somewhere like japan and see what the terrain there is like you know the massively steep sort of spur gully type um terrain with what looks like be quite quite thick dense intricate vegetation mm. oh, that'd be excellent actually yeah yeah world masters is coming up in japan is it good oh. good, good possibility then there you go yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's in a couple of years time or even <laughs> next year i know my mum certainly got her eye well, on it yeah, um yeah. would like she would love to go 
There you go. There's the one to do, John. Um, well, thank you for coming and jumping on and telling us all about coaching and controlling and everything. And yeah, best of luck for the next event. Thank you very much. That's the Senior Home Internationals in... Oh, Glentana. Yes. Yeah, that should be a good one. Should be good, yeah.